Welcome to Chapel Roswell, Chapel of the Seas. We're cruising through the summer, and I absolutely love that video. Nicely done, Tyler. Great job. We have made several stops on our cruise this summer. Hope you've enjoyed all of the stops. Hope you've enjoyed your own summer. We have another stop on our cruise ship starting now. As you can see, I have an activity to do. So for my activity, I'm going to need three men. And let's say they need to be between the ages of, I don't know, like um, 25 to 95. So just three men, volunteers between 25 and 95. You can just come on up. If you like to fish, if you know how to fish, that might help you out today. So just don't jump in at once. I, I'm happy to just handpick some folks. Here, oh, look at you guys. I need one more. One more guy. All right, nicely done. Come on, take your stations. This is a very exciting, very difficult thing to do. This is a fishing game, so you need to be good fishermen. <laughs> as soon as I say go, you're gonna turn your game on. You see your switch, find your switch. And as soon as I say go, you're going to turn on your switch. I've given you some fishing poles. Go ahead and get your fishing poles out. Learn how to work those. Yep. And uh, these little fish are going to start to move around. And you're going to have to catch the fish with the open mouth and put your fish in the glasses. And the first guy that's finished, the first guy that's caught all the fish wins. And you get a prize that is not cash. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you ready? On your mark, you gotta cheer them on, okay? Get set, go, go, go! <laughs> you can do it, you can do it! Yay! Hurry, hurry, hurry! <laughs> good, 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 you can use two. You can, I gave you multiple. You can go and just use two. It's a lot of fish. It doesn't look like a lot of fish, it's a lot of fish. You can even use two. No, he says no. He says, I'm not doing, keep going, you're almost there, you're almost there, you're doing great. Good job. <laughs> oh, I like this. <laughs> it's so exciting. You're like not even halfway done. Keep going. <laughs> Welcome to Chapel Roswell on Father's Day. <laughs> They feel like it's getting faster. You're doing great. Forget the multiple fishing poles. You're almost there. Nah, they're not even close, friends. Let me look over here. Oh, this, you're almost got a full cup. Okay, you know, um, fill the cup. Let's do this. You're almost, oh. These are slippery fish, apparently. Has anybody ever played this game? Yeah? Okay, we've got a few younger, younger ones. They may go faster, I don't know. Y'all are, okay, there's a neck and neck. Y'all are really close. There's only a few more fish left. Oh my goodness. We're about to have a winner over here. Oh, I love the dedicated, I'll pick up the last, the, oh, another flying fish. Okay, I feel like, oh, we're almost Done. You may turn off your games. 
you may be very mad at me, but on the way, as your prize, you get a pat on the back. Good job. And you get to take your game with you. You get to take your game home. You can get it later. And you, for coming in second, good job. And a pat on the back, you get to take your game and your glasses home. And you came in second place as well. Pat on the back, you get to take your prizes home as well. So thank you. After worship, you can come and take your games. Nicely done. Oh, nice. All right. So believe it or not, three men standing together is actually scriptural. In the Bible, there's a story where three men are standing together. So in your mind, start to think about which one it is. Do you know? It's in the Bible. There are three men. They're standing together. Here are your hints. They are not fishermen. They're not competing at all. Does anyone know the story I'm talking about? Close. That's a good, that's a good guess. It's in the Old Testament. Anybody? It's in the book of Genesis. Let's read it together. Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So the three men said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Now let's talk about this for a minute. Abraham is visited by three men, three strangers. And without ever consulting his wife, he says, hey, stay for dinner. Now, we have no idea what Sarah's plans are for dinner. It could have been she was hoping Abraham was going to take her out. could have been a make-it-work night. But no, all of a sudden, Abraham sticks his head in the kitchen and says, I need you to start making some cakes quickly. Get the calf. And all of a sudden, in only about two verses, Abraham is standing under a tree, watching three men eat a beautiful meal that was made just for them. It seems very impractical, but a great story. Technically speaking, Mamri, this word Mamri, it means manliness. 
And so we have three men who visited Abraham at Mamre to tell him that he was going to be a dad. And if we keep reading the story, we learn the identity of these three men. The men represent Yahweh, the God of the Hebrew Bible, the God of the Old Testament, and two angels. And the story goes that they begin to tell Abraham that despite the age of his wife, that she really is going to have a baby named Isaac. And of course, Sarah's listening in and Sarah laughs. And that becomes a whole part of the story. But here we have, under the oaks of Mamre, three men who tell Abraham at the age of 100 years old, he's going to be a father. And so this story is a story called a fulfillment of a promise. Just recently, I was able to go on a little trip to visit some extended family. There were uncles and aunts and all the cousins, and everybody was so glad to be together. And here we are having a wonderful time at a house in town, when all of a sudden, the uncle says, hey, there's a great place I want to show you. It's such a special place. I can't wait to go. Who wants to go with me? And all the kids are like, yay, let's go. And so we begin to pack up the cars, get everybody in the cars, and we begin to make a caravan of the cars. And so we follow the lead car, the uncle, who takes us to this place. And we have no idea where we're going. And I figure out that the longer we're in the car, the less things I see. Meaning we're in the middle of nowhere all of a sudden. And as we're in the middle of nowhere, I have nowhere I no idea where we are. All of a sudden, we take a right. And it, it's a driveway, but it's like a dirt kind of gravel driveway. And so not only are we in the middle of nowhere, we go further into the middle of nowhere, about three miles down this driveway. And the drive is beautiful. There are trees everywhere. There's this beautiful canopy. It's gorgeous, but it's nothing else but trees. And all of a sudden, out of the driveway, we take another turn, and it opens up to this beautiful clearing. And in the clearing, there's a one tree. There's one house and one pond, and it is gorgeous. And all the cars, they file in, and all the people, they all file out. And we're all looking around, just taking it all in. And all of a sudden, the uncle says, guess what, kids? We're going to spend the night here. And the kids are like, yay, that's great. And then the uncle says, guess what, everybody? Tonight, we're going to have a fish fry. And the kids are like, yay, that's great. And as they're all cheering, I'm going, hold on. And I look at the ants, they look at me, and... I begin to think, I helped pack the cars and we didn't bring any fish. And then I think, well, I didn't see a fish market either. And then I begin to think, 
Surely we should have stopped at the grocery store an hour ago, the last one we passed, to get the fish. Surely we don't have to go back that hour and come back. And as I'm trying to piece this together, the uncle goes in the back of the truck and begins to grab all the fishing poles and passes them out to the kids. And he's like, yeah, we're going to eat whatever you catch. Y'all got to feed the family tonight. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yep. And as he's passing out the fishing poles, explaining to the kids that they're going to go catch what we eat that night, he turns and looks at us and says, go get the flour, go get the milk. We're going to need some batter quickly. I start to look where the cousins all go, and all the cousins are out there fishing like it's a competition. And all of a sudden, guess what? They caught 12 catfish. Wow, exactly. Twelve catfish. It took much longer, much longer than two verses. But by evening, we were under the tree eating this beautiful meal that was made just for us. The story seems so impractical, but it's a great one. Let's pretend for a moment that I'm going to take you to a place you don't know, and you have to follow me. And the place where we're going is called Mamre. Do you know where we would be going? Anyone? Anyone at all? We'd be going where? Israel. Thank you. We'd be going to Israel. We could get on our cruise boat. We could leave, find some water around here. Surely the Chattahoochee would dump us out, right, by Israel. We could be on our cruise boat. It would take us a long, long time to find the Mediterranean Sea to get us to Israel, or we could take an airplane. I looked, and guess what? There's a direct shot from Atlanta to Tel Aviv. And that plane, look at this, this, well, nope, maybe that one's a little better. The plane would leave from Atlanta and go to Tel Aviv, and we would be on that airplane for about 13 hours, nonstop, nonstop flight. And depending upon your desired comfort level, depending upon when you bought your airplane ticket, it would cost anywhere from $2,000 to $8,000. But then when we got to Tel Aviv, we would get off of our airplane and we would go from the coast where Tel Aviv airport is and we would travel by bus or car or train 45 miles to a city called Hebron. It's a little difficult to see on our slides. It's kind of right in the middle. Um, If you see the words West Bank, Take your eyes down from the West Bank and go down, and you're going to see Bethlehem and then Hebron. The place of Mamre used to be right north, right north of Hebron. These days, Hebron has developed. It's gotten bigger. And so the exact location of Mamre, a lot of people associate with Hebron. 
because Hebron has just kind of developed around it. In fact, there's one little spot where they think that the oaks of Mamre would have been, where the three men would have been. And it's this little dig, this little site, but up all around it are the buildings in the city of Hebron. And so if we actually took our three fishermen with us on this trip, if they brought their fishing poles, they would be excited because we are going to be between the seas, the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea. But if our fishermen were responsible for catching fish for us to eat, do you think they would catch anything in the Dead Sea? No, no, they would not catch anything. Nothing is alive in the Dead Sea because of the salt. There's too much salt. So before we made our trip over to Hebron, our fishermen would have to fish in the Mediterranean Sea because they would want the prized fish of the Atlanta bluefin tuna, which only lives in the Mediterranean Sea. This is a fun fact. It's just a fun little cruise ship fact. And so here we are in our place. Where we stay, the hotel, again, it's based on your comfort level. There are a lot of hotels to stay in Hebron. I saw them all. But here's what's interesting about every one of them. Whenever you look at a hotel, you know how it tells you the places to go, the different attractions to see? Every hotel tells you to go look at one thing. The Cave of the Patriarchs. The cave of the patriarchs comes from this story. This is where it began. When it came time for Sarah's death, the scripture tells us that Abraham went and bought a cave and buried his wife in it. When Abraham died, he was buried in the same cave. Isaac was buried in the same cave. Other sons and wives are buried in that cave. And to this day, that is a place of attraction. A place that seems in the middle of nowhere for us is a place of life right now. A place in our minds that can even seem irrelevant because it's just something in the Bible from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago is a place that is still holy and sacred. We were promised to Abraham under the oaks of Mamre. We are the people that were promised. There's a man. His name is Carl. Carl was coming home from work. And Carl went into his neighborhood and saw that there was a lemonade stand. It was your typical lemonade stand. It had the sign that the kids wrote, and it said, lemonade, 50 cents. And there were three little boys running this lemonade stand. So Carl pulled in, and one little boy ran over to him and said, would you like regular lemonade or strawberry lemonade? And he said, I think I'll just take regular. And the second little boy said, that'll be 50 cents. Carl gave him a dollar. And all of a sudden, the third little boy showed up with a cup of regular lemonade. So Carl said, thank you, and he started to drink his lemonade, and all three little boys just stood at the window <laughs> watching him. He kept drinking, and the little boys kept staring at him. And one little boy finally said, are you almost done with that? And Carl said, uh, 
almost, why? And another little boy said, well, we only have one cup and we kind of need it to stay in business. Sometimes we as a church act like we only have one cup. Sometimes we run the church as if we only have one cup to stay in business. We act like we have one cup that is barren when we have cups and cups full of 12 catfish. Sometimes we act as a church as if we have a cup that is irrelevant And we have cups of real places and real things. Sometimes we act as if we have one cup with one way to do it. When we have cups of all kinds of ways to love. Sometimes we act as if we have one cup of something old that no one knows. When we have cups of new things and creative things. We act as if we have one cup of judgment when we have cups and cups and cups of grace overflowing. We act as if we have one cup of an impractical story when we have cups of great ones. We forget, Chapel Roswell, we are the people under the oaks of Mamre. We are the fulfillment of a promise. Amen. Here's a video I want to share with you. Hello, my name is Ryan Meisenheimer, and I've been a member of the church here for about 15 years with my family. Hello, my name is Harper Meisenheimer. Hello, my name is Reese Meisenheimer, and I've been a member of the church for eight years. So um, it all started out when um, Arturo Uh, asked if I wanted to join the Bring Your Own Talent uh, service. I actually play guitar, so uh, he was gracious to let me join the band. Uh, And then from there, transitioned to where Reese got interested in what was going on upstairs with the audio video. And then naturally, uh, Harper was, hey, I want a job. So uh, she asked if she could help out, said that they needed some greeters. So Harper and I are now helping greet um, before the service at chapel. It helps when you've got children who are thankfully motivated and eager and wanting to serve, and I think that's just been a result of them just being at church and just seeing week in, week out, you know, people around them serving and what that means, and uh, that's what I think is sparked uh, their interest. Um, I know Harper and I can be a little shy, so what better way to get over shyness than to sit at the door and greet people as they walk in? So uh, that, that's been a lot of fun, and it's just been good to come that time together and go through that experience together. Serving just always kind of helps me uh, remind myself of what's most important, what we should be focused on. You get so wrapped up in your your day-to-day, your your profession, your career, um, you know, all the obligations of being an adult and being a father, and you can sometimes lose sight of what's important in life. And I think when you volunteer and you serve, that's when you really are reminded of really what's most important and what we should be focused on day in and day out. The sooner you can learn that as kids, the better as well and kind of ingrain that in their DNA and their mindset as well. So um, we should be doing more uh, and hopefully we will in the future, but at least you've got to start somewhere.
you open yourself up to serve, amazing things can happen, and it starts with one in the family and can lead to everyone. So we are so thankful for the service of so many people who help um, help throughout the campus. In particular, Vacation Bible School just happened. We had about 250 kids come on campus every day last week for VBS, and we had almost 70 different volunteers who made that run. And so if you are one of those, we are so grateful, and we just continue to ask for prayers for our children's ministry and for our student ministry um, and for all of the different studies and groups that are happening. And so we're hopeful that you had a great VBS um, week. There are many ways to give. Your time is just one of them, and there are other ways that you can do so, and you can look online. When you check in, there should be volunteer opportunities for you there as well. But now, let's respond through a moment of prayer. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, you are the God of all creation, and you help us to recognize so many things around us. We see so many things and so many people. Help us to see you first. Help us to hear you calling us to do more. Help us to see you leading us in places we don't maybe want to go. Help us to hear you challenge us so that we may share more and give more quickly. We also ask that you help us travel to all kinds of places in this world so that we may feel a greater sense of connection and not isolation. We say thank you. Thank you for offering to us such love and grace. May we be able to be just as strong to share it with someone else. And in that, may we have hope where we feel weak. May we feel confidence where we have doubt so that we may stand right there with the three, with angels and with you. May we feel so connected to the divine that in any times of fear, we feel you close. Lord, we recommit to you that we will be delighted to be your people. And so for all of the things that we will face this next week, be with us. And all of our adventures, the places we can't wait to go, and all of the camps that we have, if it's overnight or just for the day, for all of the places that we will just go and enjoy, May you be a part of all of it. And for the things too, Lord, that concern us, for any appointments we may have, for any meetings we may have that we're already worried about, may you release that anxiety. And if any of us are not feeling well, if there are those in the hospitals or those that today we're just missing someone, comfort us in that grief. And Lord, may you remind us that laughter is good and that holding friends and family close is even better. And so continue to teach us 
how to be humble, how to be quick to admit when we are wrong, and how to love so deeply. We ask all of this knowing that you are our divine parent, you are our divine friend, you are our divine teacher. Amen. So now please stand and sing with the Deckside Dudes our last song. And as you sing, if you want to come to the Fountain of Youth, come and have snacks. <laughs> 